you want to bring out the best in Michael, tell him he can't do something. Or he can't do it as good as somebody else. And uh, I think that he takes it as a personal challenge to go out and do it just to prove you wrong. This is the Creative Coaching Podcast with Mike Lopez, where we showcase coaches, leaders, influencers, journeys, and experiences so you can be inspired and work to get better every day. Follow us on Twitter at CreativeCoach47, on IG at Creative Coaching Podcast. Listen on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, rate and review. We really appreciate that. So here we go. Today's guest is Josh Chambers. Coach Chambers is the Director of Creative Design and Branding at Texas A&M University for the men's program. We talked to him today about his journey in the game, his work with the name, image, and likeness component of the game, and what he's doing to stay ahead of the curve for that. Hope you enjoyed this podcast and look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Appreciate you for having me on, man. I'm, I'm fired up. I, I love uh, sharing ideas and, and learning. And, and I know the topic today is something I'm very passionate about. Uh, and I feel like every time I can kind of uh, bounce ideas off another another coach or another leader or influencer, I can kind of um, get a little bit better myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to kind of delve into it. Yeah, Josh, you know, I, I really do appreciate you, appreciate you coming on. I mean, the space that we're all in as far as organized athletics and, and, and everything that comes with interpersonal relationships. And now with the NIL, the name, image, and likeness, uh, I know you're kind of a forerunner in it because I see you operate on it on Twitter almost weekly, something new's coming up. And, and I know our listenership is really going to be faced with that at some, to some level at some time. And so, you know, you being the director of creative design and branding there at Texas A&M with the, with the head coach, who's always kind of forerunning as well. So I think, I think it's just, when I thought about it, I said, man, I need to have this guy on as he's, he's jumping into a space that is really pertinent, important, and is going to surprise some people about the impact it's going to have on the game. And so here again, man, just thank you for taking the time. No, I appreciate it, Coach, and I think I think you hit it spot on. I think the changes that are coming are evident. Um, I wouldn't wouldn't say I'm a front runner or, or ahead of anyone on on it. I think everyone kind of sees it coming, but I, I am trying to as best I can get our players ready, uh, make sure that our program, Texas A&M men's basketball, uh, we're known as kind of the the trendsetters in that department. Um, once those little changes do hit. Uh, I want recruits to think of us as, as, you know, we were first, we were the first movers on everything. And, and we're, we're really valuing that aspect of their recruitment uh, at the front of the list and, and making that evident to them and, the, and their parents as well. Fantastic. Let's jump on in coach. Now, how are you introduced to the game of basketball? Uh, good question. I actually, um, I grew up in a sports family. Uh, both my mom and dad were athletes. Uh, my dad actually played college football at, at James Madison Wow. Um, and my mom was a, was a basketball player in high school. Um, and then having three brothers and, and a sister, um, who we all, you know, were around athletics, played sports, super competitive family, um, and all kind of grouped in the same age. We, we just kind of, uh, you know, gravitated towards sports and competition. Um, I, I would play basketball growing up, but I was never any good, but I loved the feeling of, of uh, being on a team and having a teammate and a coach and a 
in a group of uh, people that were all were all striving toward the same the same goal. But again, I, I was a horrible player, um, but I really loved I really loved that aspect of, of being on a team. I think um, I think that just stayed with me. Um, and then and then unfortunately, my dad was diagnosed with ALS um, in 2006. Um, so how that disease kind of works is it eats eats away at your uh, muscles, and so he spent a lot of time in a chair and, and in his bed. Um, so, so basically it was, it was my mom and, and myself kind of round the clock care for him. Um, and, and what that meant was he would watch TV all day and he, he loved sports. So sports center was on, so we would watch, you know, whatever, whatever was on ESPN, uh, reruns, uh, basketball games, football games, baseball games, NASCAR, like literally any, any and everything that dealt with competition, um, but, but really kind of gravitated toward basketball. Um, he actually coached my basketball team growing up. So we, nice. we took a liking to that. Um, but, but, and, and fortunately kind of in that time, um, you know, all those hours just spent, you know, bedside care, watching, watching reruns of sports center. Um, I downloaded Photoshop illegally, uh, <laughs> and, and to, to pass the time, you know, listening to, you know, Scott Van Pelt for the third time a day, I, I would, I would just make sports graphics. Um, I just love sports. Uh, and then that was, that was throughout high school. And then when I got to college, I uh, went to VCU for my first, first year of undergrad and my brother, my older brother, who's now uh, an assistant coach at Texas Southern yeah. at the time, he was a manager, a, a student manager for Shaka Smart at VCU. And in 2011, that was my freshman year. And that was also the year that they went to the final four. Um, so I got a, I got kind of a front row seat, no pun intended to watch <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, college basketball at its peak, um, you know, that team make a run to the final four and knowing someone who was within, you know, the locker room walls and, and, and hearing about the stories and, and getting to kind of see that from a perspective, uh, a different perspective. I, I caught the bug and uh, just kind of, just kind of, you know, fell in love with, with, with uh, trying to become um, a part of the sport. And uh, that was when I really trying to, figure out what it took to get in inside of uh, sports and work in sports long-term. Fantastic. Now your time with Va Tech there with coach Williams, who you're with now, uh, still, I should say not now, but still, uh, what, what, did, how did you see that? Like, was that a thing of just service? Was it, was it, was there camaraderie to the degree that you felt like you were really part of the team? Like, what was that experience? Cause we all hear about managers and how important they are. And I know how important they are. But from your lens, how did you view being a manager at that time? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so I transferred to Virginia Tech, and then Coach Williams got the job uh, down there in, in Blacksburg in 2013, and, and, and inherited me as a manager. Um, and it was really cool. He was he was a manager uh, when he was in college, mm-hmm. and and that was a big part of his story. Um, so he treated the managers, I think, different than most coaches do. Yeah. Um, and, and, and by different, I mean, he was, he was extremely hard on them. And he also, um, like you said, he did make them feel like they were a part of the team. Like wow. I felt like I was just as important as the starting point guard. Um, nice. and that's, you know, each, each individual, I think in our program felt that way. And, and that kind of, I think was the, the, the experience and, and what I valued most about being a manager was, was being able to see, um, coach, coach Williams is obviously a proven winner. Um, he's got a culture that, you know, has been proven to succeed. Um, and when you can get, uh, you know, access to that kind of culture on a daily basis over the course of now, I've been working for him for six years now. Um, but that first year as a manager, um, I had never been exposed to anything like that. And not, not just in sports, a culture that can work in any, 
industry and any line of work. Uh, now I don't mean like the plays that we're drawing up Mm -hmm. or, you know, our X's and O's knowledge. I'm talking about like, what are your workers doing on a daily basis and what's the standard and what is leadership saying to the players, to the staff, to the managers? Um, what are all the things, the nuances that people don't think about when you think of, uh, uh, you know, Texas A&M winning a basketball game or Apple coming out with a new product, whatever success is in your line of work. Um, those nuances that translate across all industries, um, there's habits that, that, that translate across any industry of work, workplace, company, whatever, you know, field you're in. Uh, I got to see those habits and how coach Williams instilled those at Virginia tech, my first year as a manager. And that was my first year being exposed to the, those and, and, and being exposed to them on the ground level. Like I was doing the laundry and wiping the floors and cleaning up after uh, whoever. And, and, and that was the job. And, and to see it from that perspective, uh, from, from the start, I knew I wanted to work for coach. I, I wanted to try and make that a, a long-term goal and, and be with them for, uh, for, for my long-term growth and just, just kind of, uh, you know, took, took to his, uh, his culture and his leadership style and knew that that was something I wanted to do. And, and fortunately enough, I was able to, to make it back uh, full circle to work for him and, and have been with him ever since. That's great. No, you're saying a lot there, coach, in that, you know, first of all, I want to kind of go back to what you talked about illegally getting that Photoshop. Now, did you use LimeWire or Pirate Bay? <laughs> I was Lime, I was LimeWire. I, okay, was, okay, I was okay. that age group. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, just checking, just checking, because I was there too. I was like, Pirate Bay LimeWire. That's where I'm getting everything from. But yeah, it was, the, yeah. It, it was a lot easier back then to get it. I don't for those listening. I don't think it's available anymore yeah. the, the way I got it. But. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. But yeah, man, you talk about culture. Uh, Coach Williams is a, he's legendary for it now. And it, you said, and I think you have a lot to do with that to a degree because during the pandemic, we, we heard a lot from him and it was raw and, and it was uncut. And there was a lot of, I was on a ton of zoom calls where he was at. Cause I'm like, man, I'm going to juice this for what I can. Like this is <laughs> access. Like you talked about, the access you had, it was almost like we were let in and we could peek in. Now, I'm not saying Coach Williams is the only coach that can provide that, but that's what was happening at the time. And so when you talk about that culture and how it transcends and it translates, man, it, it reminds me of that, that uh, I think it was Mark Zucker. Or I, I forget who said it, said culture eats uh, strategy for breakfast. Like, yeah. that's so yeah. true. It's so true. Like, it's already in place before you wake up. It'll be there when you go to sleep. The culture is the culture is the culture for better or for worse. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's fantastic, man. Now, you know, as the director of creative design and branding at Texas A&M, how did you learn through that space in that space and through those uh, mediums, how you could impact programs? Because that's not something that, you know, most kids thinking about or young people thinking about, Hey, I want to get into the college game. How, how did you learn you could impact the game that way? No, great question. Um, I got, I got extremely lucky. Like I said, I was, I was doing Photoshop just for fun. Uh, when I was helping take care of my dad, uh, and, and I graduated high school and kind of didn't touch it again until I worked at Virginia Tech. Coach Williams came into a staff meeting and again, he treated managers like they were his assistant coaches. So everyone was in the staff meeting and he asked if anyone knew how to use Photoshop or, or, um, had done graphic design before. And I was the only one in the program uh, that, that had any experience. Um, and I wasn't any good, but I was the only one that was qualified. So uh, I kind of fell into that role and, and 
um, quickly I learned it's it's he. I mean, he was ahead of the game um, in terms of, of the, the Twitter blow up and social media blow up. Yeah. Um, he was he was and Coach is like like you said, he's a he's a mastermind in the branding world himself. Um, but he was he was way ahead. This was eight eight years ago, um, and we and I got to spend a lot of time with him doing projects for the team, doing projects for his nonprofit, Buzz's Bunch, um, doing projects for recruits and donors. Uh, I got to kind of build a personal connection with him, but I learned, you know, pretty early on, you know, uh, or ahead of, you know, I think I would think most college sports teams that that, that, that element of um, social media and, and um, graphics and Instagram and, and, and branding as a whole is going to be huge uh, in, in that landscape. And, um, sure enough, over the next two or three years, you started seeing college football teams uh, hire guys on staff or teams of guys on staff just for that piece. Yeah, um, College football is typically uh, a little bit ahead of college basketball, and then everyone else kind of follows suit um, with the trends. And so um, over the last eight or nine years, I think you've seen more and more schools uh, put resources into that and, and hire people. Um, our specialist to kind of do that. But I was lucky to kind of learn early on how valuable it was going to be and devote a lot of my focus to that uh, field and try and just get as, get as good as I could get it uh, throughout the process and, and hope just kind of fingers crossed that it would turn into something. Um, and I was able to kind of, kind of carve out a niche um, and, and see, uh, see a way to, you know, hold a job down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, you know, even in between, um, you know, I, I graduated from Virginia Tech and, and went off and, and started my own LLC because um, I didn't think you know, Coach Williams hadn't offered me a job. I, I didn't know if I would ever get back into, into college sports and, and needed to, you know, do something with my career. Uh, so I started an LLC and was doing um, graphic design for programs, just making, um, you know, recruiting type graphics, uh, donor specific type graphics, events. Uh, even like marketing, uh, working with some marketing uh, departments for schools. Um, so I, I, I quickly learned just from the, the amount of business I was getting, uh, working uh, as an independent contractor uh, or freelance, as you will, uh, how important this was going to be. And it was picking up steam uh, from, from the get-go. That's great, man. Like you, you talk about niche, right? Like this is the time, the technology's there, the space is there in the, in the in the whole kind of global setting of what we're doing with technology to create a niche to carve out a niche for yourself and with won't lose designs right you you you, you right. learn to do that like i've always thought well i'll wait for somebody to do xyz and and i can find a place in that and then i now i'm like no i just need to do it myself i need to right. do, do what i want to do like that's how this whole podcast started is i was like well I think coaches need a platform to tell their stories and their journeys. And I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, I'm waiting for to hear somebody, not just a bunch of dudes talking about, Hey, remember that time? Remember that guy? Ha ha ha. Like I want to yeah. hear something su- with substance. And then I said, well, I'll just do it myself. How about that? Right. And so, yeah, carving out a niche is very important. And for anybody listening that feels that desire, that, that, ur- that unction, if you will, to say, Hey, I need to do something like that's, that's what you're talking about. And now look how it's, paying dividend. And so that's great. Now, some of your time was spent with George Raveling before, you know, during that, that time, what, what is it? What was that like? Because there's a lot of us, one of my mentors, Kevin Sutton, just constantly sending me George Raveling texts and I love them all because it's just, it's feeding me to a degree. 
And I, I, I think to myself, what would it be like to spend some time with him? What was that like for you? It was, it was awesome. Uh, and, and I go back to the, the, the theme of just being extremely lucky. Um, it was twofold really. Cause I got to, I got to be around coach Rav, who's a hall of famer mm-hmm. as a coach and as a person. Uh, he's, he's easily the, the most genuine, uh, best human being that I've ever met. Wow. Uh, he, he, from the, from the start, uh, he just poured into me every day. It, wow. it, it almost was like, that was my job was just to absorb what he was trying to teach me, give me, uh, pour into me. Um, and, and it felt surreal. And, and, uh, I wish I was a more mature at the time, uh, to where I could have soaked up 5% more, 10% more. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he's, he's, he's just, he's got so much knowledge and wisdom. Um, and obviously he, he works for Nike and, and being able to see, again, I go back to coach Williams culture, um, a successful culture, um, learning the compound effect of your habits by seeing it up front and actually doing it. And then being around coach Rav, who's the most, the most giving human being and soul I've ever met. Um, and then, and then being inside with him of maybe the biggest sports apparel company on the planet. Um, and seeing how their culture, uh, works and how Rav was such a, an important cog in all of that. Um, it was, it was unreal wisdom at, at the age of 22, um, 23 years old. Um, you know, I learned kind of, uh, from Rav, uh, you help, you help as many people get what they want and you'll eventually get what you want. Mm, Um, I carried carried that with me to this day. Um, and then I learned from Nike just the imp- the importance of leverage and 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 specifically um, information leverage. Uh, and I think I think Rav, uh, we really tried to do that as as you know we were doing our thing um, in with his company. Uh, we we tried to just know more than anyone else uh, in our in, in any any other competition. We tried to just have the most information and make decisions based on um, having the most information, uh, so that you know I mean when you're making decisions. Uh, as a 22 year old kid, you don't realize like the, the importance of the, your decisions uh, on a daily basis, on a, on a weekly basis, whatever it is. But when you're with Nike and you're making decisions uh, that are worth billions of dollars, well, uh, a 2%, 3% change, that's 20 to $30 million um, wow. that could potentially be lost or gained. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think seeing it, that scope, that, uh, that, that, that broad of a, of a, a company uh, and being around those, those people um, that have to make these decisions. Uh, it was just a new experience for me um, that really widened my view uh, of what real work was, of what uh, kind of what my limits were. Uh, and it just kind of opened up a new horizon of, of thought and, and, and kind of going back to coach Rav, uh, just a new way of thinking. Uh, he was, he's an unreal uh, forward thinker. Um, he reads more than any human on earth, bar none. Um, and just being around him, it was, it was, I could, all I could do was be a sponge and just trying to soak it all up. And to this day, man, he, I got a, uh, uh, package from him yesterday or uh, Friday that had a bunch of books in it. And he's, he's still just trying to pour into me. And, 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 you know, I worked for him for a year uh, and I probably did a lousy job. So just think of what he's doing for people who actually like gave him value and provided for him. Uh, if he's still, you know, four or five years later, sending, sending me content to try and help me get better. Just think about what he's doing. Um, and his brand, that's his brand. Like that's, that's, uh, who he is as a person. And and that, that taught me in a lot of ways. Like, uh, that's his brand. That's who he, that's who he is. And that's who, how people know him. 
about. And the only reason they do that is not because he's saying that's who he is, it's because that's how he's living. And I think I learned a lot of valuable lessons from him, but, but that one uh, kind of resonates. Yeah, no, for sure. It's because it's genuine, it's authentic and it's uh, impactful. You know, they're right now people, <laughs> I don't know, man, I hope nobody gets their feelings hurt, but a lot of people believe that branding is this facade that they're going to fool everybody with. And yeah. this is who I am. And when they're really not that, you know, and I'm just, uh, I, I love what you said that he is the, he is his brand. Like we, te- we tell young players, we tell people that like, Hey, be careful what you're doing. Be careful what you're, what you're posting. Cause you are your brand. But that, yeah. that goes for the positive stuff too. That means yeah. that, hey, yeah, you don't be acting foolish on, on social, but also yeah. whatever you're doing good, that's your brand. Like your everyday is your brand. Your consistency is your brand. Your character is your brand. Your your philanthropy, if you will, is your brand. Like that's all your brand. Who you are is your brand. So I really do like that, man. I'm glad you brought that up because it, 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 it strikes a chord with me uh, no. and, the, and the people I work with. And it's, it's, it's kind of, it's unique in a sense that, you know, your brand is who, is who you are. And because it's your brand, it's, it's in that Instagram-y realm. Like, you mm-hmm. kind of have to put stuff out on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, I'm very pro that. I think you should tell your story. and yeah. But, like, in, in, any, in, in, in any industry, there are people who are fake or want to take the shortcut route or... Uh, so take any industry and you can get that surface level. Well, I'm saying I'm doing this, but in branding, like you said, there are people that are going to say that they're a branding expert or, or, and I'm by no means am I an expert, but there are going to be people in any industry that are going to say these things, but how you really can judge is what their actions, what they're doing. Um, and I think coach Rav, uh, it was a good example of me to, to realize, you know, you can't just say something and do another. You have to, you have to live what you're saying and, and it goes, it, it goes to branding. That's, that's the kind of game, but and, and it's, it's, it's a hard balance because it is a lot of Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, YouTube. It is a lot of like, is this real or is this not? Because you're, you're, you're kind of pouring this stuff out there and, and, and is it surface level or not? And it's kind of figuring out, you know, is it a little deeper than that? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a, there's a lot to be said for that. We could do a whole nother episode on that because that's uh man who there's that saying you are who you think you are, who someone else thinks you are, who your best friend thinks yeah, you're, you're a lot of different people, but how you're portraying yourself on social here again on these platforms, uh, even, you know, doing something like Gary V does right. Uh, documenting like every day, like people will get to know you eventually based on what you're doing. Cause everybody goes back to the, what they're comfortable with good or bad. And, and I, and I think that's kind of the, the idea now with that whole idea of branding, like genuinely branding people. And then, and then that here, the, the era we're in now with social, how do you think that integrates for the name image likeness? Because you're, you're a big proponent advocate for it. And so I kind of want to hear how, how you feel like moving forward, what the future is of that and how coaches out there should be paying attention. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, I mean, obviously it's, it's becoming more and more important on a daily basis. Uh, the one thing I would say is it's important, but 
when it comes to creative design and, and, and graphics and video, I don't think it's the most important thing. Um, I would honestly go as far as like it, for, in my case, I think the head of branding for our team is coach Williams. Mm. And I say that because he's doing deep brand work that I could never do with these players. Like he's, he, he has a skill set I don't have. Right. Um, and, and like kind of going back to what we were saying, you have to get past the surface level. Yeah. Well, coach Williams is, is literally like changing these kids lives by changing their habits. And, and I get questions from our players all the time. Like what's like when they, almost the first thing they'll ask when they get on campus is like, what can I be doing to build my brand? And my response always is you should do exactly what coach Williams tells you to do. Like I can make you a graphic. I can make you 365 graphics and give you a content strategy for the whole year to post that with a quote every day from now until next year today. And yeah, you may pick up some followers and you may gain a little bit of an audience. Uh, But in the end, you're going to want to tell your story. And so if we're saying that your brand is going to, is going to grow as authentic or as big as it can be only if you're as authentic as you can be, well, you're going to want to tell your authentic story. So how can we, how can we heighten your story so that it's as good as it can be in your four years or five years here at Texas A&M? Mm-hmm. And the only way that I know to do that is you're going to have to do everything that our coaching staff says, because we're going to have to win games or you're going to have to help our team. And that doesn't necessarily mean score points or get assists. There's plenty of ways to impact winning. Uh, we have walk-ons on our team that impact winning, um, and I think that players get lost in the in the Instagram and Twitter and graphics and and I need the fanciest stuff. Um, so you know I need content every day, yeah. um, and they don't necessarily uh, think inward out. And I think Coach Williams is doing something with these kids uh, that 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 lays the foundations of their brand. He's getting them to play hard, um, and he's getting them to kind of buy into. Um, changing their habits on a daily basis and, and getting 1% better every day. Um, and I think when you have a brand that believes in, in things like that, that's when I kind of come in and I can give you that surface level um, content and I can teach you kind of how, uh, how we want to navigate the NIL landscape and how, where's the best uh, uh, avenue for you to go to make as much money as you can be uh, once these rule changes hit. Um, that's where my specific knowledge comes in. Uh, but in terms of kind of like what we were talking about, uh, it's important, but it's, 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 I think getting lost in, in a lot of the hype, uh, everyone thinks it's let, let's pour money into more cameras and, and, and that's important. Yes. Having the content is definitely uh, a means to an end, but it's not, I think the, the most important thing for these kids to realize is that their brand starts with uh, themselves and not just like themselves as players, but, uh, are you a good student? Are you a good person? Are you uh, uh, wow. doing things off the court um, that are keeping your spirit up, or that are keeping your mental uh, game at its, its height? Um, so, yeah, like having that, that gif of, of a dunk that you did in game is going to go viral, uh, but it's not sustainable. And, and what we're trying to do at Texas A&M is build a sustainable brand for these players. And I think it starts with Coach Williams and our coaching staff and the culture that we kind of mentioned before. Uh, that they're being around and that uh, they're absorbing. Um, and as, as, as much as I'd love to take credit for, you know, any of that stuff, it's, I'm, I'm kind of on the back end once they've already gotten that deep brand work um, and they understand that. And I can, I can help them understand that as best I can. Um, Cause I've been around and I've seen it work for players who are 
you know, now in the NBA. Um, and I've seen kind of it pay dividends for them. Um, once they understand that aspect of it, that it's a long, it's a long game. It's not, it's not going to happen in their first year at Texas A&M. It may not happen when they, when they graduate, but the dividends are going to pay off at some point. Um, and I can't tell you when that's going to be. It's going to be a slow, slow growth process, almost like um, when you go in there with a the strength coach and you're, and you're <laughs> yeah. lifting weights. You ain't going to bench 20, 225 pounds on the first day. It's going to yeah. take a while. Yeah. Uh, but like all things, you know, as soon as if you keep pouring into it, that compound effect is real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's important. But it's 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 not the end all be all. But it is it does complement um, the work that these kids are doing, the actual work that they're doing in the, in, you know, between the lines, but especially outside the lines, what they're feeding their brains, um, what they're feeding their spirits. Yeah. Um, all of that. I kind of look at all of that as, as their brand and not just, um, not just the number that they wear or, or whatever shows up in the box score. No, that's great. Your, your, your breakdown of that is fantastic. Like what you said, the brand starts with themselves. That's right. uh that's good for their their mental health and their identity because, you know, we've seen it. We've seen people try to brand themselves as, as whatever they want to be, and it just didn't really work out, and it came out weak, and it came out fake, and nobody really cared at the end of the day. It wasn't sustainable, as you stated. I think that's important, sustainability, uh, because we're, you know, in, in the space here in the college level, they're, they're there for four years at the most, maybe not with the fifth year senior or the, another year because of COVID. Maybe they're there for that long. However, they still have the rest of their life to live and figure out how to sustain that character, that brand, because they're, they're going to be who they are. There's no there's no graphic. There's no Jeff, like you said, that can make them feel like they're somebody else, like they are who they are. And I look yeah. I look at a guy like Tim Duncan, who. I mean, I live here in San Antonio and, you know, it was rare that we saw him on a commercial every now and then he came out on a commercial, but nationally never came out on any commercials once in a while, a Nike commercial, but just didn't. And why? Because his brand was that he was that guy that was just going to go out there, win championships, win games, become arguably. And I think the greatest power forward of all time, he let his, he let his work speak for itself. He, He, you know, and I think that's what you're talking about is like, the, 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 the graphics, everything else is secondary to who you really are. And I think that that's a great lesson for all of us, quite honestly, not just for players, for all of us, like what we think we are, the hype we think we have, you know, whatever we do, uh, that's secondary to who we are as people, the character, the growth, the development. So here again, man, really good stuff. Now, as you work real closely with players and staff, how closely do you get in there? Like, because they're, they're, I don't know, creatives are different. You know, I imagine you're a creative because you're part of your director of creative yeah. design, but your mind works different. And so you see opportunities to take a, take a, take a frame here, take a picture there, you know, do an interview, a small snippet. Like how, how deep do you go with staff and the players on a daily basis? Yeah, no, good question. I, I think, um, it's super cool for me because I get to work, you know, so closely with the players and our staff um, and being in, in basketball where we only have 13 scholarships makes it a lot easier. I know in football, you're dealing with a hundred kids. Yeah. Um, it will be a lot harder. There's just not enough time um, to pour, pour into a hundred different kids, you know, the amount of time that you would like. Yeah. But for me, it's awesome because there's, there's 13 scholarships and there's a few walk-offs. 
um, which is which is manageable for me to give um, what I think is is uh, a genuine relationship to each of these players and, and learn their stories and be able to build a brand that represents their story. Um, yeah. In my opinion, the, there's there's three kinds of uh, characters or players that are going to emerge in the name image likeness landscape. Um, there's going to be resource based uh, players. There's going to be instruction based players, and there's going to be production based players. So a resource based is going to be a company that has a lot of money that can um, give you guys give you uh, all the gear that you need or all the cloud space you need to post your content or the the app that's going to make these players brands blow up. Um, they're going to be able to give you the resources that, that these players need, um, to grow their brands on a daily basis. Uh, that's what a resource-based player in the name image likeness field is going to look like in my opinion. Um, then the instruction based, uh, you're going to see, um, guys that are, uh, have a specific knowledge in the field of, of branding and marketing, um, that are going to be experts and going to be able to teach the players, um, why that they, why they need to post at this time, uh, why they should go with. Uh, company X versus company Y, uh, why the, 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 the different ways to kind of maximize their, uh, the eyeballs that are on their social feeds. You're going to see uh, instruction based, like this is how you do it. Uh, and then the, the production based are going to be uh, players that are, are going to come in and say, Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to just, you know, don't worry about uh, learning it or, or having the resources. We're going to bring all of it to you and just do it for you. Um, and those are going to be the most expensive players. Uh, and they're going to be uh, the ones that will film a commercial for a player or, um, you know, take over their, their um, Twitter feed and post content for them um, and, and, and do all of kind of what I mentioned in one. Uh, and obviously that's going to be an expensive uh, option for, for schools, uh, players, companies to go with. Um, kind of my, how I see myself is I'm trying to be a uh, package of all three of those. Yeah, uh, I think it's unique in college basketball to have, uh, someone on staff that's just devoted to uh, the players and the staff's brands. Um, so it allows me to kind of uh, focus in on, on working directly with the, the players and the staff and making sure that they're aware of all those things that I mentioned, uh, uh, giving them the resources that they need, showing them how to use them, and then also coming up with ideas that, that produce ultimately and can do all that stuff for them so that um, you know their following does grow over time and we can monetize uh, their time here and, and hopefully build something sustainable for after they're done playing here and after they're done playing in general. Uh, but, but I've been fortunate enough, you know, that I can, I can develop a relationship with all of our players. And, and, um, we were, uh, during the shutdown last, last year, we were able to, um, do some things virtually that might not have happened in a normal world. Um, and coach will, uh, actually let me run my own, uh, branding class for our players that we called brand one. Nice. Um, and it was basically just getting into uh, what they wanted to, to do with their brands, what their vision was. Um, and it was really cool because it was the first time uh, I think they'd been exposed to that conversation while they'd been at college. Um, and going forward, we'll have more uh, breakout meetings and, and, and uh, just more one-on-one development uh, plans for these guys as they're here. And then uh, obviously instructing them and then giving them the resources that they need to do it after they're gone. But um uh, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's been awesome to kind of have the time to devote to the players. And I know it's not like that everywhere. Uh, but obviously the staff and, and coach Williams has, has let me, let me kind of hone into it and, and, and do my job and, and hopefully do a good job of, of teaching these guys, um, you know, just what are the next steps as far as the NIL process goes. 
Yeah, no, marketing, promoting, all that, putting yourself out there. Like, I love the way you broke it down, resource, instruction, and, pro- and production. Like, that's really, like, I'm learning. Like, thank you, because <laughs> I'm not, I'm sitting here trying to figure it out. Man, it doesn't sound so simple at the end of the day to take all these athletes and, and you know, dangle uh, kind of this idea of making money through who they are. It doesn't seem that simple, <laughs> you know? You, they, they, ESPN will have it at the bottom at the ticker and you're like, okay, NIL. All right. Okay. Yeah. That sounds cool. But what the heck does that mean? And how does it happen? And how does everybody get paid? And you know, is it just, you know, the kids figure it out on their own? Do they hire their best friend? You know, who do they run to? And so this really breaks it down. And, and I would tell anybody listening who's interested in this, pay attention, take notes. I'm taking notes because this is something that, it doesn't, it's not going to go away. Once it's in place, it's not going away. And you can really find yourself uh, in a place where you can be more than anything of service, but impactful. Like you said, you want to be a, a kind of a hybrid of all three, man, that, that's putting yourself in a position to be very useful, to be very impactful and to, to hear again, carve out another niche, if you will. So that's great. Really, really good stuff. I right, here again. I, I always tell my guests I appreciate the knowledge you're giving because I'm literally sitting here taking notes too. It's not something where I'm just like, okay, give me the next question. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm literally like I'm learning too, so you're getting appreciated now. How do? No, I love it because you're sharing your opinion too. So it's not just a like. I hate the podcast where you get on. It's just one guy ask questions Mm -hmm. and the guests talk and talk about themselves. Like you said it earlier in the show, and I took notes on it. Like you're trying to give value and and. And as a creator, like I respect that because, uh, just like, you know, any product, like if I'm going to listen to your podcast, well, I want to get better from it. And if I'm going to come on your podcast, I want to get better from it. Like, and I think that's how you grow your brand is, is, you know, the best diet is the one that you feel like you get returned from the best, uh, yeah, the best, uh, anything that you're going to do is the one that you feel like you're getting results from. And I think it's the same thing with having a podcast and having a conversation like this, like any conversation you, you have and you want to walk away from it feeling like you're really better. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, here again, that day one, that was the idea. I mean, I've literally had guests come on and say, man, I feel like I'm talking to psychiatrists or I feel like I'm in therapy and, and I'm okay with that because I'm looking to go deep with this, not too deep maybe sometimes, but just deep enough to where we're all walking away saying, wow, I feel like I got something out of this. Otherwise, why do it? Because I'm like you, Josh. I'm a creative. I just happen to be a coach for 25 years and and a principal and all these other hats that I've worn. But at the end of the day, I look in the mirror and I say, no, I'm a creative because I can do a lot of things that my mind puts in front of me. And I'm like, yeah. And so one of those things, too, is to say, man, I want to hear this story. What does Josh got to say? What's he saying about this? He's he seems to be in the right place at the right time right now, Johnny on the spot, if you will. So I would say, Josh, as well, like the work that you're doing, the the graphics, everything that's coming along with this whole uh, nil. Uh, you know, people feeling like what are what are we going to get to uh, understanding what the future holds of it? What you're doing right now, the work you're doing right now with players and coaches, how are they responding to that? Because that's kind of like if I see a, a graphic of myself, me personally, like somebody makes a graphic of me, they're going to be like my best friend for the week, at least. And I'll be like, yo, man, we're, I'll take you to lunch. I appreciate that you're even thinking about me. 
How does how yeah. is that response coming along? Oh, uh, it's good. I, I I I love that we have a culture here where everyone tells the truth. Um, so if I do a bad job, people will let me know, and if I if I'm doing a good job, people will let me know, and that that just keeps me honest and and helps me you know on the path to getting better. Uh, but you know, it, like kind of like you said, um, I'm in a good spot because uh, in most you know industries, in order to form a relationship with someone, you have you know you have to do X, Y, Z and like be vulnerable and whatever. And I always joke around, like all I have to do is make a graphic of these kids and they're going to love me. So it's like, yeah. it's, it, 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 it's almost in a sense, uh, it's a cheat code on, on kind of forming or getting, uh, getting expedited the process of a relationship with these kids. Uh, but nice. it is, uh, it, it's nice cause you know, um, coach Williams, you know, our team rule, our first team rule, everyone knows is, is to always tell the truth. Um, secrets are lies, and uh, so that that translates down, or that trickles down to every aspect of our culture. And and, and when I put out, you know, lackadaisical work, um, I get I get told that. And when I wow. when I do a good job, um, Coach Williams is quick to tell me. So it keeps you motivated, and, and it and you can't. I mean, there's no price tag on that 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 criticism that you can get. That honest criticism, um, it's it's invaluable. Um, so it's, it's, it's allowed me. And then, uh, Twitter is like a cheat code in terms of, um, you know, your ideas, like you put your idea out there and it's, if it's, if it's bad, like dude, these guys are hiding behind a keyboard, the Twitter, the Twitter sphere is going to let you know, um, but <laughs> yeah. it allows you to refine yeah. and retool and retailer. Uh, and I was against Twitter for the longest time, believe it or not. Uh, and then, you know, it kind of just clicked like how much of a resource it can be for any, any walk of life, anything, any skill you're trying to build, you have, uh, access to the ultimate critic, uh, where you can, I mean, when I started out doing graphics, the only reason I improved is I was posting my graphics on, they used to be called forums. Like you would go on, yeah. uh, your favorite team's forum and you could talk about, uh, you could Monday morning quarterback and complain about how bad the, you know, the players played last game and share your thoughts on whatever you think the team should do, whatever your favorite team was like, I would get on there and post graphics to the team's players and they were just ripping to shreds. And so I would go back to ground one and do it, do it again. It's kind of that same, like you, you, you should seek that kind of uh, honest truth um, and criticism and, and kind of, um, I think that, that that's the culture we have here. You know, I, I'm not trying to say like the players and coaches are bashing me for my work that I put out or I, I don't think that's the case at all, but I, I think that, if, if I did do a bad job, they would tell me the truth. And I think that's valuable in any, in any, uh, any team organiz- or, or organization. Yeah. A metric of sorts feedback. Uh, right. how do you know you're good if everybody's telling you you're good and they're just pacifying right. you and they're just, well, we don't want to hurt his feelings cause you know, he's the creative and you know how creatives, they get kind of, we don't want to take them out of their, their artsy space or whatever. And, right. and at the end of the day though, that feedback, you know, helps, I think feedback helps in, in, in every uh, facet and form of life. Like I literally we tell the people closest to me, like, am I a jerk to you? Do I listen? Like I heard Alan Stein say that. Alan's so good, man. He's like, are, 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 do I listen to you? Do you think I listen to you? Like just getting good, honest feedback helps moving forward because you yeah. can better, I don't know, you can just better serve people and know when people are truly being genuine with you. Because if you're surrounded yeah. by yes people all the time, man, that that sucks, and you'll no. and you'll never grow, and they'll just no. they'll just stunt your growth. And, and I don't know, that's a whole other box to stand on, soapbox to get on. But that, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Now, 
you know, yeah. kind of kind of looking forward and in, in, into like the NIL component, like where do you think it's headed? And then how do you how would you tell, I guess, uh, another generation coming up or even people you're in your age group, you're 28. Right. So like people who are looking to get into this space of creative design and branding at the collegiate level, where is the NIL headed and how can people jump into it or be prepared to jump into it? Yeah, that's the, that's the big question. Everyone, everyone's trying to figure out right before, before it uh, becomes real. Mm -hmm. I think you're seeing uh, schools gear up for where they think it's heading. Uh, In my opinion, it's, it's, you know, and not everyone is going to be Zion Williamson with millions of followers. <laughs> when They're not going to be able to go to a, uh, autograph signing or, or be on the cover of a serial box. Uh, very little player, a very little amount of players are actually going to be do that, be able to do that and make money from it. I think it's the, the, the cash cow and all of this or the bread and butter is going to be in the digital products. Um, I think, I think when you talk about scaling, um, you know, a lot of these players have followings, but they're not like worldwide followings, but they're, they're decent enough where they can make money off of, um, off of, uh, what they're doing on and off the court. Um, and I think when you talk about, uh, the internet and the ability to scale and connect with anyone in the world at the click of a click of a mouse, um, that's big. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, uh, there's going to be apps that bring endorsement deals to the player's smartphones. Um, it's all going to get streamlined. Um, and, and I think that the, the key for players now, right now is to figure out, um, you know, their vision. Uh, don't worry so much about, uh, posting every day or, or, or content strategies or, or all that stuff is going to, is going to work itself out. Um, they need to be more worried about their vision, who they are, what story they want to tell, um, what they want their brand to be known for. And then I think the key is going to be digital products. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, Twitter, TikTok, especially like you can go viral, uh, you know, at any second. And, and it's never been like that in history. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, that's such a powerful tool um, that, you know, you, you know, we, our guys could go down to the local, you know, t-shirt shop and, and maybe sell a hundred t-shirts, but they could, you know, create a YouTube page and, uh, steadily create content and impact millions of people, um, or get millions of impressions from a tweet or TikTok. And that's, that's, I mean, it all boils down to where can you get as many eyeballs on you as possible? And I think the, the hidden ingredient in all this is going to be the digital, the digital field and, uh, who can navigate that. And my advice to, uh, people looking in to get into the space, um, you know, I think you have to have specific knowledge. Um, and basically that just means you have to know something that you can't necessarily uh, be trained for uh, easily, I should say. Because if, if, if anyone can take a course and learn something in a day or two, um, then, then they're going to train someone else. They're not going to train you. Yeah. Um, so you have to you have to have knowledge that, that you know, is specific. Um, so whatever that is in the creative and branding space, um, you have to figure that out. And then figure out what the next thing is that you're going to, that you're going to do to give you leverage. Uh, and an indicator of, of the next thing, in my opinion, um, you just look at what the rich people are doing. I'm not saying that you're, you're going to want to be rich or, or there's anything wrong with that, but rich people are typically doing what everyone will be doing in five to 10 years. Uh, yeah. Cause they have the resources to do that now uh, when other people don't. Uh, but eventually uh, it'll be streamlined. Um, look at like car services, like, 15 years ago, 
you were, you know, you were ordering a car service if you had the money and they were driving you wherever you wanted. Now it's Uber. Everyone has Uber. Everyone knows what Uber is. Yeah. Uh, home, home movie theaters. Now everyone has Netflix or these streaming apps. Um, so figure out inside the creative and branding space, um, what's gonna, what's gonna be streamlined, um, and figure out how to do that. And, and that'll give you leverage. Um, I was doing Photoshop while my dad was sick and, and watching, uh, watching ESPN. I was doing Photoshop and it's a beta version. Like now everyone knows what, what Adobe is and what yeah. the creative cloud is and what Photoshop is. Uh, so now I have to think of new skills that I can add to all my arsenal because every year, millions of me graduate from college and are coming for my job. Mm. Um, and they're better than I am because they've been exposed to it for longer than I have. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, you know, figuring out what, what's going to be uh, big in five to 10 years. And usually you can look, look ahead a little bit by what, uh, you know, successful people are doing right now. And in my opinion, that's uh, coding, um, being able to build apps, motion graphics, video editing. Um, the technology is getting so advanced. Uh, it's, it's, it's creating a gap between people who can uh, navigate that field and people who can't, yeah. um, you can do some incredible things. And I think, I think especially with, you know, kind of how I mentioned the NIL uh, landscape going, um, if you can create an app for a player um, or if you can create their website uh, faster than someone else, um, not through a third party like Squarespace, you can personalize it for them at a cheaper uh, rate or interest rate or whatever it is. Um, if you can save them two, three percent, four percent, five percent of time, money, whatever, um, that's going to be big. Uh, when these millionaires who are, you know, in the NBA, NFL, make decisions, they're going to want to go with you. Uh, I think coding is a big piece of that. I think motion graphics are going to become more and more uh, important as 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 bandwidth becomes bigger and, and more and more uh, of these social media apps start na- navigating toward that type of artwork. I mean, you're already seeing it with after effects, like, yeah. um, and you know, it's, 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 it's moving that way. Um, and I, that's something I'm working, working to kind of figure out, um, so that I don't get left behind in the, in the process or in the space. Um, and then the last thing I would say is just work as hard as you can. Obviously that's a prerequisite, uh, <laughs> but always realize that, that yeah. who you work with and, and what you work on are more important than how hard you work. So you can, you wow. can waste a lot of time kind of running on the hamster wheel. Um, not necessarily moving that far because the people that you're working with or, or the goal that you have in mind are holding you back and just keeping those things, um, almost like a tripod, um, who you work with, what you're working on, and then the amount of work that you're putting in, they're all, they're all important. And, and if not, it are the, the latter two may even be more important than, than kind of what the work that you're, the actual amount of work that you're putting in. Taking notes taking notes dude i'm taking notes i like what you I like what you're talking about aligning yourself with the right people right. aligning yep. yourself with with the, with the right things that you believe in so that your work doesn't feel like it's in vain because you can align right. yourself with some people who don't give a damn about what you feel like at the end of the day and will work you to the yep. bone and not even give you a thank you a, a digital yep. hug or nothing they just look yep. at you like hmm well what more can you do for me and then, yep. le- and then you talk about leverage. You talked about that earlier as well, that you learned that working with Nike and Coach Raveling. Like, yep. who doesn't need leverage in the space of, I got to figure out what I want to do now that I have some, uh, or now that I'm equipped, better equipped to be an impact player in whatever field I'm in. Like, man, yep. you, you, you weaponize yourself to a degree. 
That's great stuff, man. Really, really good stuff. I've, I'm on my kids about learning coding in, 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 in higher levels of video editing. Like I, I've, I've messed with after effects and man, it's once you learn it, you're good. Yeah. Learning it, learning it to be proficient enough. That's, that's another story. And so, yeah, yeah it's a great tool. Great, great tool. So yeah. here again, good stuff. Now I want to ask you personally, because there's a lot of things here. Again, you're adding value to people's, uh, either their brand, their lives, their, their, uh, I guess sometimes their identity, how they see themselves as well. But what do you value most about what you're doing right now? And in kind of in your life? Yeah, I, I guess I'd answer that in two ways. I think I mentioned before the camaraderie and feeling, feeling like you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Obviously that's a, a very PC answer, uh, <laughs> as it may be, but I do think that's important. Um, and I do love that, that feeling of, of, of being on a team, um, the relationship with the players. I, I think that's a big part of happiness is, is having good relationships. Yeah. Uh, so I, I value that, uh, very high in terms of, of, of my life. Um, and then one of the things I think that goes un, unknown or, or is overlooked, um, is I have the ability to do creative work for a living. Um, I'm so grateful because I don't think humans are really meant to do repetitive tasks around the clock for, for barely living wages. I think that's, that's Amen. robots work. Amen. And, and I, and I, I'm blessed to have an opportunity where, um, I get to create for a living, whether that be a graphic or a, uh, uh, advertisement plan or marketing strategy or an idea for an event. Um, my, literally my job is just to have ideas and create and, and produce things that might not have existed if they were someone else in my position. Um, and that, that's, that's a sense of, 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 uh, calmness and, and, and peace, uh, that I don't think I could get if I was doing something else. Um, and I, and I think as we progress more and more toward uh, the future and technology gets better and better, I think you're going to see, uh, more and more, uh, uh, importance put on creative jobs and, and, um, you're going to, as we mentioned before, you're going to get a lot of that repetitive, uh, automated task type stuff, uh, is going to become streamlined and, and I think you're already seeing it. Um, yeah. but that's kind of what I value about my job is I get, I get, I have no, no really limits on what I can do. Coach Williams lets me go without a leash. Uh, and I, and I get to create and if it works, it doesn't, if it does awesome, but, um, there's beauty in that having, you know, uh, no kind of, uh, fence line and being able to create whatever you can. And if it, if it fails, then that's, that's kind of the reality. But if it doesn't, um, like I said, there's, there's beauty in that. That's great. No, there, they, I liked what you said about the peace and the calmness in it. There's comfort, there's security, uh-huh. all those things that the rest of us in this world, every human being is looking for, whether they know it or not, you know, yeah. just to feel a sense of like, I belong where I'm at, whether it's, in, in that space and time, uh, that place, that job, uh, where you're at to be where you're at at all times is a good thing. But some, for some people it's not to be where your feet are to, to, to tell people all the time, we'll be where your feet are at. Well, for some people's feet are at, is not a great place. And so I, I get why there's escapism. I get why they run to these different things to get their minds off, uh, situations. I really do. I've seen it, been there, done that road, the, roller coaster but yeah so yeah that's great man I, I i love hearing that i love hearing when people have the job that they never knew they could have because that's uh i've been there 
and I'm there. Like I've, I've, I've hear that sometimes and I say, see any, you know, you can have it. It can happen. It is achievable. So with all that in mind, Josh, I want to ask you because your journey, you know, starting from here again, you talk about your dad and what he experienced. And I know in talking to your brother, Brandon, Brandon, how much, you know, your dad meant to y'all and, and to this day now, what do you, what, do, what have you learned throughout this lifetime that has helped you? Because we can learn a lot of things that sometimes that just tear us apart. And, in, and even in some of those experiences that tear us apart, we grow from it. So I would ask you, what have you learned about yourself throughout this journey? No, I appreciate it. I think um, this, I, I, this is such a great question. Honestly, it could be a podcast in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially like for me, because uh, I wanted to coach when I first started out. And I think I, what I've learned throughout my journey is um, we grow up thinking that, you know, there's so many labels thrown around, like even in basketball, like you're labeled a point guard or you're labeled a center or you're labeled undersized or you're labeled uh, an X's and O's coach or a recruiting coach. or um, and, and I labeled myself early on as a coach. And, and as I was, you know, coming up and even, you know, into my 20s, um, I was, I was struggling, you know, cause I, I labeled myself and I thought it was fixed and I thought I had to change the world's view. Um, if anything, I thought I was fixed and, and I could change what the world thought. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think as I've kind of gone throughout my journey, uh, and realized like, I don't really want to coach. I want to do, um, the branding side. I really like creating. I really like having conversations with athletes about their vision and their brand and making that come to life. Wow. I realized more and more that, I'm actually malleable. Like my, my mental state, I can change. Uh, I can change how I respond to things. I can change what I think about different things. Nice. Uh, but, and, and, and my, how I feel about the world, um, or uh, trying to change the world's view of me. Like I can't control that. I can't control other people's opinions. I can't control, um, things that happen to me, um, externally. I can only control the internal response that I have. And I think, um, through earlier on in my journey, I didn't realize that. And I, and I lost a lot of time kind of getting caught up on things outside of my control. Um, thinking that, you know, I was fixed and the world was malleable when really, I think it was just, it's the all, the alternative where, uh, um, you're malleable and, and the world is fixed and, and you can control uh, things you can control. And as sooner you realize that, um, the easier it's going to be to kind of navigate to get the things that you want or help the people that you want to help or, or accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. Wow. Malleable. That's such a, that's such a word that a creative would use because you're, you're, you're being pliable as well in, in any artist, anybody who's wants to create things has to understand how they take shape. It has yeah. to understand how I'm not a fixed finite product <laughs> by no means like no that, that's look at some of the best brands some of the sorry to cut you off right. look at some of the best brands in the world they've all pivoted like yeah. it's it's like you said you have to be able to be malleable be pliable yeah. be change if, if you know adapt yeah adapt or die. yeah yeah and, and, I don't, and i don't mean natural death i think a, a much worse death uh, uh spiritual oh, yeah. mental yeah yeah, yeah, that's a that's worse what's, than a physical death. You have two lives, and the and the 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 second one begins the moment you realize that you only have one. Like mm -hmm. you, 
you'd much rather be aware of all these things going on than be ignorant to it and suffering, you know, where, you know, you can, you can control your mental state and, and your internal, um, if you just allow yourself to. And I think that's over the course of my journey, like it's been a struggle, but I, I, I figured that out on some level and it's helped me get to, to, to this point. Yeah, no self-awareness, empathy, all the things that are other awareness as well. There's all these different characteristics and I would say they're so valuable to the point that people want to know who you are. They want to get to know you. Like there's a point where they say, I feel like I have to know you for some reason, but because you're somebody who's not a fixed, like it's a, I'm a done deal. Leave me alone. You know, like now nah, who wants to be around that person? That person is just hard to get along with. They, they might be nice in spurts, but they're just hard right. to get along with. And I'm glad I don't live with anybody like that. Thank God. But yeah, so I would ask you now, Josh, my last question is always about legacy. Right. And I know you still got a long ways to go. You're still a really young dude and you still got a long ways to go. But I think the life you've lived and the experiences you've had, you have a, the idea of here again, the long game, a bigger picture. So what would you say, I guess, or what would you want people to say of you when your career is all said and done? Yeah, really, really good. Um, I don't know. I guess I would hope that every player that I've worked with uh, was a little bit more convinced that it's okay to be yourself than they were before they met me. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I think the internet has made finding your niche audience extremely easy. Um, and once you get out of that bubble of your hometown or your high school, um, you don't have to hide some of those things that uh, you might not have been able to you know, connect with people on 10 to 20 years ago because uh, you were going from your high school bubble to your college bubble. And that was the only people that you could interact with were in that bubble now. Um, and, and that fixed the amount of people and maybe no one else shared the same thoughts or interest as you. Um, now the internet has changed all that, right? Like yeah. you can, um, you can love playing video games and, and get on Twitch and play with millions of people, or you can, love Pokemon cards and tweet about it and connect with uh, a bunch of like-minded people. Um, or you can, you know, have an interest in playing a musical instrument and start a YouTube page and, um, literally touch people in, in a hundred different countries. Um, so I, I would hope that, uh, the message that I'm, um, kind of umbrella using as an umbrella message over everything that I'm trying to do with our athletes brands is just be authentically you just be genuine um, that's, that's kind of the, the, the only way to do it in my opinion, uh, where it's sustainable, where they're going to have, uh, their brand's going to pay dividends for them long-term is, is to be themselves. And I think for a lot of athletes, especially in the era of Instagram and Twitter, where, um, insecurities are, are, you know, very prevalent. Um, yeah. it's, it's hard for them to realize like you, you can be vulnerable and still, connect with people and still feel, uh, those positive, uh, some games playing a course in your life. Uh, and in my opinion, uh, being vulnerable is the only way to, to reach that positive some game. And, and I think, um, I think that's what I would like to be known as is just someone who, who taught the players, um, who a lot of them don't come from, uh, great situations. Uh, some of them do, some of them don't, but regardless, like everyone has a story, and I think, um, I think that their story is what makes them unique and, and good, bad, um, 
indifferent. It's all the same. It's an opportunity to get better. And, and uh, there's an audience out there that can relate to you, um, no matter what it is, uh, no matter what you're interested in, no matter what's happened to you, um, you have an audience and you have a brand and it's up to you to, to kind of build it every day. Josh, I appreciate your time, man. I mean, right there at the end, I mean, that's kind of like you broke down the whole idea of the podcast in a nutshell. And so I, I know, I know you're on the run, the right wavelength. And I'm so happy that we had you on because here again, seeing the traffic of your, of your tweets and seeing what you're, you're producing, you're creating. I mean, I know enough about, about still frames and all this jazz that, that we see. And I'm like, I appreciate it because I know most people don't understand what's really going on. They don't know sometimes how you got that content. They're just thinking, wow, that camera took a nice picture. And you're like, well, hold up. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that simple, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, here again, appreciate your, also your guidance in some of this stuff. Like, I don't think there's any experts on the matter right now, as far as name image likeness, but uh, you seem to be heading in that direction. So, here again, man. Thank you. Th- thank you. For, I appreciate that. No, man. Thank you for your time and, and thank you for contributing. I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert by any means, but I'm, I'm I'm obsessed with the topic and 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 I think I think you and I are in the same bubble. Like we're we're two we're one in the same, uh, and that's how we've kind of yeah. that's how we've kind of connected. I mean, we've yeah. we've uh, connected through social media, and I think there's there's a lesson to be learned in that. Uh, this 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 conversation wouldn't have happened if, if you and myself didn't make an effort to get out there and, um, and tell our story and, and try to influence people. And, um, it led to this. And I think, um, hopefully, you know, our relationship will continue to grow and, and, and make us better. And I think it'll, it'll make other people better too. And I think there's a, there's a ripple effect to that. And I think every athlete, every coach can learn from that. Um, you know, you can, you can really do, uh, you can do exponentially great things with the, with the power of, of, of branding and social media and, and, and kind of what you're doing, coach, connecting, connecting all those dots and making it, uh, making it kind of possible for us to, to do these types of things and, and impact people. And, and, and that's, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you had me on. I feel like I learned a bunch. I hope I didn't talk too much, but no. Um, yeah, I'd love to, love to do it again sometime. And, and, sure. and you, know, you can call me anytime, um, text me anytime. I'm glad to have been on and been a part of it.